Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, everyone. This is Mark Ritter from Credit Union Conversations. I'm the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. And welcome to our show where we just try to give you a little bit of information and insight to make your credit union a little bit better every single day. So I've been working with credit unions about 20 years now uh, and primarily helping them out with business services. And many times when I meet with a credit union or talk with them, we focus on policies, we focus on procedures, we focus on systems, we focus on all the things to to get ready to make a loan. But back at Penn State, I had a professor who always said, nothing happens in this world unless something gets sold. And And that is true with your credit union, with your credit union's lending department. And I don't remember too much about my college days, but that's always one thing that that stuck with me, is to really focus on that sales side and making sure you're selling your services effectively. So today, uh, I wanted to bring in uh, one of my credit unions and one one of my friends, and talk about how they really uh, effectively sell and form those relationships in their marketplace because they do a great job and are really a great example for uh, credit unions and for our group here at MBFS on selling and forming relationships uh, with their local members. So joining me today is Katrina Drake, from Erie Federal Credit Union, and Nathan Crouch from Erie Federal Credit Union. Welcome aboard, Katrina. Hi, Mark. welcome aboard, Nate. Hi, Mark. So, Katrina, we'll start off with you. Tell me a little bit about Erie, your marketplace, kind of the background. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the credit union. So our asset size is 700, about 700 million. We're a little bit over that. We have almost 70,000 members um, as of February month end. Um, I actually want Nate to talk a little bit about Erie specifically. Great, Nate, we'll hop over to you. Take it away. Sounds good. Yeah, just a little bit more about our specific marketplace. You know, Erie has two large employers, uh, one of which is Erie Insurance, um, the other is Labtech, which is the former GE. They build locomotives. And I guess falling in third in size of employers in our area would be combined three large hospitals. We have uh, Allegheny Health Network, which is known as AHN. We have UPMC Hammett, and then we have WECOM. So those are the, the three largest employers in our area. And then, you know, Erie Insurance is now the biggest employer in our area by number of employees. It used to be for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, Labtech, which is the former GE. And then, interestingly enough, you know, historically, Erie has always been known as kind of the blue collar town. But 
as of recent, there's been some changes in actually the top industries of growth for employment in our area is hospitality, healthcare, and education. And another really cool thing about Erie, Erie centered between three major cities. We're, we're in between Buffalo, New York, Pittsburgh, PA, and Cleveland, Ohio. And you can get to any of these larger cities in a couple hours or, or less in some cases. Great. Nate, tell me a little bit, uh, you know, we've known each other a while, but but for everybody listening, tell people about you, your background, what you do at the credit union, how long you've been in the area. Okay. Yeah. Great. So yeah, uh, you know, again, I'm Nathan Crouch and I am the VP of business lending for Erie Federal Credit Union. I've been in the banking industry for 29 years now. I started in 1993 for a small community bank and I've moved into large corporate banking. And nine years ago, I came to Erie Fellow Credit Union. You know, during this time, I've helped literally hundreds of businesses start their business, grow their business. And I've even been in the business long enough to see some companies wind down and kind of retire out of business or sell the business. Um, and what I enjoy most, Mark, about the industry is small business banking. Um, before I ever got into business banking, I was in the retail branch network for many years, and I worked with a very senior uh, business banking officer for over 10 years. And I got to see glimpses of, you know, what a business banker does for local companies in the way of helping them navigate, grow, stay vibrant and relevant. So my passion honestly is uh, business lending. Thank you, Mark. And, and, and how long of your career have you been in the Erie area? Oh, good question. So I've spent um, my entire career in Erie, uh, in Erie County. Um, so 29 right. years. All right. So let's hop over to Katrina. Katrina, uh, tell me your origin story on uh, how how long you've been at the credit union, your background, and how long you've been in the Erie area. Okay. So thanks, Mark. So I am, like Mark said, I'm Katrina Drake. Um, I'm the business lending operations manager here at Erie Federal Credit Union. Um, so a funny story. So I started my career here in 2007. I literally graduated high school in June of 2007, and I started at the credit union that October um, as a teller. So, you know, I guess that means I've been here for 15 years, uh, but specifically, I've been in business lending for the last eight years. So, um, I, you know, like Nate was saying, I've held a variety of roles, you know, within the credit union. You know, I was even a consumer mortgage lender for a few years. But I found that my passion was in business lending, and I ended up joining the department in 2014. Um, I started as the support specialist. I was a commercial lender there for a hot minute, um, and then I became the operations manager. Um, so Nate and I, you know, we've really grown our department from just him and I, um, and we're now a team of six. It's been a wild ride, you know, to say the least, but uh, we love what we do. We make sure to have fun. We laugh multiple times a day been in the Erie area now, you know, this entire time. I'm from a little town in, you know, in the Erie community. It's called Wattsburg. And um, I've been in the market ever since. Great. And your background, both of, both of you said, is the reason why I wanted to talk with you today. Uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit through the sales process 
which in your case may, may be a little bit different um, because of your roots in the community. Uh, Nate, talk a little bit about your day-to-day life and being part of the community and how that feeds through to your job. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Um, you know, Erie Federal Credit Union is um, very, very active in community involvement. So, you know, I guess this is kind of your kind of the culture slash environment of the Erie Federal Credit Union. You know, if you'd ask anyone down the hall, you know, what's special about Erie Federal Credit Union, they'd say it's like a big family here. You know, we have an open door policy. You know, if you need to talk to your boss about anything personal, business related, you know, it's an open door. So that's just a little bit about how our culture is here. But when it comes to, you know, the community uh, piece of it, you know, Erie is very deeply connected to our members. You know, our Erie Felt Credit Union's mission statement, something like this. You know, the mission of Erie Federal Credit Union is to personally deliver financial solutions that meet the need of our community. And specifically what that looks like that's different um, versus any, you know, banks that, that are in our, in our neck of the woods here. You know, I think one of the easiest examples I can share about what we do every day is, you know, many times um, young people you know, go to college and, you know, because they get a student loan, they end up getting uh, credit cards. They end up um, not knowing how to manage them. They wreck their credit. They get a great college degree. They get a great first job and then they can't buy a car. They can't buy a house. They can't grow financially. And so where the credit union really connects to our communities at that ground level and we help many, many, many people rebuild their personal credit. And, you know, that's something that's unique to, to us in, in, our, in our community connection. Beyond that, kind of the, some of the things that I think about that we do outside of that, you know, we have folks in the credit union that actually go to local schools and they teach financial literacy. And, you know, that's something that's you know, we're very proud of. The other thing that we do is we help a lot of nonprofits locally, you know, your, your food banks of the world. Um, you know, we financially give to them because we know within those organizations, their, their people are doing the hard work. Um, it's one thing to gather a bunch of food, but it's a whole nother thing to get it out to the people to distribute it. It takes manpower. It takes finances. And, you know, Erie Fell Credit Union is very, very active in that space. So when you look at your portfolio, where would you say the bulk of your relationships that you've acquired over the year come from? The bulk of our relationships is really rooted in investment real estate, one to four family uh, properties. And uh, we have a fair amount of owner-occupied commercial real estate, but the largest section of our portfolio of roughly 50, 53 million, give or take some, some there is, is um, one to four family uh, investment property. So in, in our business, 
uh, you know, we, we treat everybody nice, but sometimes we don't have to treat everybody equally. It's a negotiation process. It's a, it's a, it's a sales process that sometimes is a grind. And I'm going to bet with a lot of your borrowers, if you don't know them personally from, from the community, you know somebody who knows them from the community. Talk to me a little bit about negotiating with these borrowers and uh, talking through the, the nuts and bolts of a deal with people that, that you may have a close relationship with or your contacts have a very close relationship with. Yeah, Mark, that's a that's a really great question and one that, that's um, I'd be happy to expand on how we how we do that with those close knit relationships. You know, we set expectations. Expectations are everything in our business. What do I mean? What do I mean by that? You know, if you start out any relationship in a, a sales situation, um, you know, the example I would give here is if you're doing a commercial loan and you should be charging a thousand dollar underwriting fee, but you lower it down to a hundred dollars from day one brand new relationship. What do you think is going to happen going forward when I try to charge $2,000? I'm going to get pushed back for $100 every time. So the real key to developing a healthy relationship, a give and take relationship with any of our members is always centered around expectations. I oftentimes in a relationship um, conversation about new loan, I will refer to this is going to be expensive to, to do. The reason I use that word and I do that is to set expectations. And I use psychology on people in this way is if you're thinking about expensive, you're thinking the extreme of cost pricing. So anytime I'm quoting interest rates or fees, I'm looking at it as if if I quote this fee, if I get pushed back and there's a good reason to lower it, am I quoting it high enough that I can cut it in half and still be getting what market would accept be acceptable for a fee and, and not be working for free? So it's all about expectations from pricing to interest rates to timing to get the deal back. And I always quote longer and more expensive because when it costs less, and takes less time to close the deal, you have a relationship for life. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm, gl I'm glad we're able to talk through this because I really just think it's so important to be part of your community and to set the expectations up front uh, for, for what you're doing and the process with, with the business community. Well, I'm going to turn things over to Katrina for just a minute. And Katrina, uh, I know uh, just from us working together, all of uh, the work that you put into it. And one of the things, uh, kind of these axioms of business lending is making a loan is relatively easy. Keeping up with a portfolio of business members is significantly harder. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell me a little bit about 
some of the importance of and some of the things that that are the big rocks that uh, you have to keep up with uh, as far as the the day to day portfolio, rather than just making a loan and and making sure the payments are processed. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. So um, the importance of this, you know, we find it, we kind of found out the hard way with this um, from more of like the regulatory side of things. So we had an NCUA exam. Um, it was about two years after I had started. We were more in, you know, I would call growth mode at the time and, you know, reviews and insurance ticklers, we called them, you know, it fell by the wayside. But, you know, the reason to get to the root of this, you know, why is this important? This is how you keep a heartbeat on your borrowers. You know, you're requesting financials, you're tracking insurance, you know, even checking property taxes. They're all ways that you monitor your borrowers after the fact, um, and that mitigates any potential issues down the road with them. So as a lender, you know, this is your way to ensure that if they are struggling, you're catching these issues early on, and you can help coach them, you know, ways to improve, you know, maybe it's their sales, maybe it's managing their expenses, or, you know, we have a lot of these, you know, they write everything off on their tax returns, they have no income now, you know, to prove if they need more loans in the future, stuff like that. So the monitoring behind this, you know, booking the loans, one thing, but monitoring it is the most important part, especially if you have, you know, the higher risk types of collateral or, you know, the more riskier type industries. It's very important to do this. Well, and every year it seems to grow exponentially. And with the volumes that our business has seen the last two years, how do you keep up with everything? What what is your day to day systems? And people ask when people ask you uh, what to keep up with and how do you do this all? What what are your tricks of the trade? So we are always looking for ways to either make things more efficient or make things easier. So we are giant fans here and we all laugh about it. We have checklists, we have to-do lists, and we're big fans of creating examples or templates. So, you know, we've even established a labeling procedure so that all documents are essentially labeled the same, whether it's in your own internal files or like for us, we use Encino, a Salesforce product, you know, the cloud-based storage systems. We keep everything labeled the same, you know, consistency, but simplicity here. That's, that's key, you know, especially when this is coming, you know, to your audit time or your exam time, it just, it makes your life so much easier. So our thing, checklists, to-do lists, examples, templates. So I tend to find that when somebody's wanting money from the credit union, they are very cooperative and tend to give you whatever you need the second you need it. After the loan, life sometimes in that relationship is a little bit different. How do you deal with either that difficult borrower in keeping up with the portfolio or the forgetful borrower in managing the portfolio? So again, like Nate was saying, you know, with setting this precedence, you know, when you're having those sales conversations, the same thing we apply is for closings. We set this precedence at closing. You know, our attorneys that represent us or when we have like our in-house closings, um, we spend a good chunk of time discussing annual reviews, 
you know, collecting the financials, the importance of sending us those financials as soon as they're available. Um, we found that by having this conversation at closing, you know, laying all the expectations out there, there's a very small percentage of our members that we really have to get involved with in order to get, you know, what we want or what we need. So, you know, those few members that we do have to really work at, you know, they get letters, they get emails, they get phone calls, texts, you know, and then as a last result or less resort, we get our attorney involved um, to send a default letter. You know, very rarely has it come to, you know, the default letter situation. But generally speaking, if we have to threaten them, you know, sometimes it's worth the cost. And typically something's happening within their business that may require legal action anyway. Great. So now that you've been doing this for a while uh, and keeping up with the portfolio, managing the portfolio, what's maybe that, that top lessons learned uh, from either dealing with the auditors, your regulators, uh, the borrowers? Give, give me a, a lesson learned. So, um, I, you know, we have a couple, you know, but probably a big one that we have learned from was insider knowledge, you know, and that was a term that came directly from one of our NCUA examiners. Um, so insider knowledge, you know, so let's say Nate, he had a conversation with a member, but he's the only one in our department that knows what that conversation was, or even that conversation ever happened. Uh, we created and we utilize a notes log now. Um, we even created a notes log for the origination side of things because there is so much communication that happens, um, you know, and that could be missed by a team member in our department. You know, this has definitely improved our overall, you know, reporting side of things, watch lists, other reports that we need to present to our board, to pre present to our examiners, um, you know, and especially once your department grows to like where we now have a team of six, you know, communication is so important there. And especially, you know, in our industry and having that, you know, notes log in a simple singular place that everyone has access to, it makes the tracking of such conversations, you know, easier. So um, yeah, the insider knowledge one, that was a big one for us. And, you know, like I said, when you're growing a department, you know, and we're up to a team of six, it's very important to make sure, you know, you know what conversations are had with borrowers, you know, from the new loan side of things, you know, from the annual review and follow-up side of things. It's very important. Great. So I'm going to ask you this question, Katrina, first, and then I want to hear what Nate has to say. I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. Erie is a city, but it's a relatively smaller city. And many times when you go out to lunch, when you go out with your friends, your go-to church, go-to an activity, uh, your work and personal life can be intertwined where you know a lot of information about a lot of people that you see out in the community. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. What, how do you keep that separation between your work and your community and personal life in, in a smaller market setting? You know, Mark, that is a really great question in itself um, because, you know, we have the same similar setup and situation here in, in Erie County. Um, you know, my I want to speak to more of like the social media side of things, you know, where everybody wants to be your friend. 
if you're going to take that on for like your personal social media pages, the biggest thing that you need to remember um, is if I post this, could I offend someone? If you have to ask yourself that question before, you know, creating a post, sharing a meme, you know, tagging friends and things, commenting on a post, you probably shouldn't do it. You know, when I was a kid, uh, my nana had actually taught me that there's two things that you never discuss in a public setting, you know, politics and religion. You know, in more current times, it's, you know, posting or hearing stuff about vaccines, you know, COVID. They're all hot topics, and it usually ends up with somebody being offended. As a business professional and more than likely an active community member, if you're going to intertwine, you know, business members, coworkers, and everyone in between, you know, with your personal or even like your business social media accounts, you have to keep that line drawn there. Uh, you, you know, your personal image is your business image and your business image is your personal image. So it's very important to keep that line drawn here, you know, in respect to, you know, you know, my age group of people where it's very heavily social media based. You're seeing people posting things on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and that kind of thing. I, I always like to tell my team that nobody's ever been promoted for a witty social media post, but Tens of thousands of people have been fired for such things. So, Nate, let's flip it over to you. How about you? How do you uh, kind of build that separation uh, in, in Erie between your uh, personal and business life? So, you, you know, you're right. You're out to lunch with a friend or family member and they start talking about starting a business. They start talking about buying that piece of real estate, this, that, the other thing. It's one thing to you know, you know, in the business, give people our two cents, our advice on what kind of transactions favorable. I love it when friends and family ask me, why would I buy, you know, this rental property? What, you know, what, what should I know about that? What's the cap rates? What are the, what, what should I know about things? And I'm happy to give them the years of learned knowledge um, for free. But the minute they start saying, you know, I want to do this with you, you have to put that separation button on. Um, and what that looks like, honestly and simply is, you know, I'm glad you want to buy this piece of real estate. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have, I'm going to hook you up with one of the best bankers I know in my office, and I'm going to have them take care of you personally. Because the last thing you want to do is deny a family member for doing a loan, you know, because in their yes. mind, yeah, they're good credit. <laughs> They might have a 603, but in their minds, they're good for the money. And, you know, why didn't you do my loan? Absolutely. So, well, let's wrap things up. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. I enjoy the conversation with you guys. And and, and give me a little uh, success story for about from Erie in the past year or two. Uh, something that you guys are proud of. Yeah, so I had I had I had one uh, Mark. Uh, so this was going back a couple of years now, but um, I'll start by saying lunch. You know, there's a lot of power. We're talking about sales and how to grow your business. Good old fashioned uh, setting up appointments for lunch. We had a deal a couple of years back. I had been trying to get lunch set up at a very nice fine dining establishment. Finally, got a yes for the appointment. Before I walked out of this lunch appointment, I was handed a full financial package for a $1.1 million loan that we did. Um, and it just speaks to, 
you know, sometimes getting in front of the person for lunch um, is the right thing to do. And I've, I've honestly won a lot of business um, on, on launches. So that's our success story, you know, and I was, if you would have asked me, um, Mark, that I would get a million dollar loan handed to me from a launch appointment, I wouldn't have thought that, but, but it does happen. And, uh, and that was our success story. Well, Erie Federal Credit Union is a great example, and you guys do a great job and, and of personal relationships matter, being part of the community matters, maintaining those relationships in a proper sound environment. So Katrina, thank you. Nate, thank you. Uh, for those of you in uh, Northwest Pennsylvania, check out Erie Federal Credit Union. And me, I'm Mark Ritter. Thank you for joining us. And remember to tell everybody that the best bank you know just might be a credit union. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.